What's going on, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Surprise Jab Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Ruger, and this is our pilot, our first episode. I can't believe I'm actually filming it. I talked about starting a podcast for a while, and it was kind of one of those things you just have to go and do. So we're here, we're doing it, and let's get into what we're going to talk about today. So I'm a huge UFC fan been involved in it since 2020 and I figured we could do some fight night previews event previews and as the recent event is going on tonight we will not be exactly releasing this at a good time but better now than never and I'm always open to any tips on how to better podcast I still don't have a mic yet gonna work on getting that for the second episode working on a setup maybe filming but um yeah, this should be exciting, and I'm happy to dive into it. So let's get into what really got me into podcasting, because why would someone just want to go and start a podcast? You know, I've been I've been working, and I've had a lot of time to drive, and I've been listening to a lot of uh, Joe Rogan, Lex Friedman of sorts, and it's just made me think, you know, everyone is unique, and they have their own perspectives. And if even one person wants to listen to this, and it's impacting them in some sort of way, good or bad. I'm happy to be that person, All right? So we have some goals for this podcast because what would the point of this be if we did not have goals? Um, the first one is consistency. I hope to be consistent with this, uploading an episode a week at minimum, maybe two. I'm currently on Buzzsprout. I don't really know what other sites I could use um, for uploading to multiple, like, sites such as Spotify and Apple Music, but we'll see. So let's talk into the main thing we'll be talking about on the Surprise Jab podcast, which is UFC, mixed martial arts, if anyone doesn't know. And what really got me into this was in 2019 it was, I was sitting at home playing UFC 3, big video game nerd, and I see this ad on the video game for Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Dustin Poirier at UFC 242. And I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. Um, I wonder if they're showing that anywhere. I'd seen that Buffalo Wild Wings sometimes shows events. And I was like, let's check it out. So I go on and they're showing. So I go upstairs. I ask my mom and dad, hey, can we go watch this? And we go there. And it is so fun. I remember watching the Coleman, I believe it was Edson Barbosa and Paul Felder. Then watching Khabib and Dustin. Such a good fight. And since then, I was kind of off on until UFC 245, Usman versus Covington won. And I remember I went with my mom and we watched the entire main card at Buffalo Wild Wings. It was very fun. And then 2020 began and I have yet to miss an event. And I've done main card predictions for every single event. And I've kept track of it in a book on paper. I know I need to move that to a spreadsheet or something. So my record all time for main card picks. So going back to 2020, when I began, is 434 and 317. That's 434 correct, 317 incorrect, which I feel is good. But I guess in hindsight, I picked 300 fights wrong. So it might not be the best, but I am excited that uh, I've been able to keep track of it because I used to do that with WWE events, which weren't live. They were pre-recorded, but I'd just watch them and I'd write down all the results like uh, John Cena being CM Punk for some reason. 
And eventually, I stopped watching WWE. And I got into UFC. And I feel like that happens a lot. Because WWE is more fake. And UFC is more real. Which is true. So, on this episode, we will be doing a fight night preview of tonight's event. UFC Vegas 76. Sean Strickland versus Abus Magomedov taking place in Las Vegas. We'll go through the whole card. We'll cover each fight, but then I will give an official prediction for main card fights, and I guess we'll say unofficial for prelim fights. So yeah, let's not waste time. Let's dive into it. So starting out tonight's event, it's a very good one, might add. We actually are starting off the night. The first prelim fight is ranked heavyweight. That's right. We have number 14, Alexander Romanov taking on number 15, Blagoy Ivanov. And these two heavyweights are not the best, in my opinion. I mean, Blagoy, he's currently coming off a loss to Marcin Tybura. He's 1-3 in, in his last four. He's yet to be finished or have a finish in the UFC. So, not the most impressive from Blagoy. He's a decision fighter at best. But Romanov, who he's taking on, was supposed to be the next big thing in the heavyweight division. He was 16-0 and before, in August of 2022, he lost to Marcin Tibera. If anyone remembers that fight, a majority decision. I felt he won, but it didn't really matter because the next fight, they gave him Alexander Volkov, which was earlier in this year in March, and he got absolutely destroyed. I don't even know if he made it a full two minutes. So, he clearly could not hang with the big dogs of the division. But he's back now in a good bounce-back fight against Bogoy Ivanov. I feel we'll get him back up in the rankings. And, I mean, the bottom of the heavyweight division is not the most steady. I mean, pretty much the top 10 and the bottom 5 of the top 15 at heavyweight, there is a clear skill difference. And when we get more into the top 5, it's an even bigger difference. So if I could do an unofficial prediction, I would probably go with Alexander Romanov. I feel his wrestling could... Um, Give him the edge over Blagoy. And I'm hoping for a finish, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, moving on to the next fight. We have Ivana Petrovic making her debut against Luiana Carolina. Ivana, outside the UFC, a perfect 6-0. and oh, As she takes on Luiana Carolina, who's currently on a two-fight losing streak. I feel like Luiana, you know, she was kind of an average fighter debuting in 2019, coming off the Contender Series. And then she got spinning back elbowed by Molly McCann, and that's pretty much what she's known for now. Then she has the Joanne Wood fight, a split decision, very, very close fight from what I remember, but without a doubt, I mean, I don't, I, I dove into Ivana a bit out of her six fights, five are finishes, so I feel that she could easily finish Luiana and get a win. Next up for the prelims, we have a personal favorite of mine, Guram Kudaladze, as he takes on Elvis Banner. Guram, I've been waiting for Guram to fight for quite some time now, all right? And he's just been dealing with fight cancellations and unfortunate results, but he is 12-3, and and he's had two fights in the UFC. His debut against Matus Gamma, he won a split decision, which I think some people... Did not really think he won the, that fight. And then last year in June, he fought Demirs Magulov, who fights in the co-main tonight. And he managed to lose a split decision this time. But I thought he won. So, 
Ram, I'm happy to see him. He's very technical, a very good striker. Happy to see him back. He takes on Elvis Brenner, who's had his debut earlier this year, won a split decision against Zubarat to Hugoff. Not only much to say here. I mean, these prelim fights, there's a reason they're on the prelims, but I feel Guram should show his levels against Elvis Brenner. <clears throat> All right, let's dive into our second woman's fight of the night as we have number six, Yana Santos in the women's bantamweight division taking on number nine, Carol Rosa. Yana, husband is Thiago Santos. I, when I found that out, I thought it was so, so random. But yeah, she used to be Yana Kunitskaya and changed her name to Santos when they got married. Yana is on a two-fight losing streak. She got finished by Rina Aldana in 2021, and earlier this year got outgrappled and beat by Holly Holm. I'm yet to really see anything from her since I've started watching. That's been impressive. I mean, I remember when Catlin Vieira outgrappled her, but yet from bomb position, she landed more strikes and beat her. So, not really a special fighter at all. And as for Carol Rosa, they've been trying to push her. She debuted in 2019, lost to Sarah McMahon in 2022, lost to Norma Dumont earlier this year. Uh, I'm going to go with Carol Rosa just for the sake of the division, but women's bantamweight is possibly the worst division. There is no depth. We have no surging contenders, and the belt's vacant now. So maybe if Carol or Yannick make a statement, they can bring back the excitement of the division. And so, we move on to more fights on the prelims, this time at featherweight, as Johanderson Brito will take on Weston Wilson. Johanderson Brito, I remember watching his contender series fight, where I think it was an injury stoppage, or maybe it was a doctor stoppage. I, I can't even remember, if I'm being honest, but I remember Bill Algeo, he lost in 2022, but he's now found himself on a two-fight win streak, both in last year, 2022. Both round one finishes or Andre Feely and Lucas Alexander. And he'll be taking on Weston Wilson. And I don't, I believe this is short notice. Weston is 16 and 7. Um, 6 1. Wow, actually pretty tall for, by the way. Um, I will go with Joe Henderson Brito. Just from what I've seen, he's got the takedowns, the striking. As for Weston, he's 16 and 7. So not the most impressive MMA record, but that's coming from someone who doesn't practice MMA. So. We'll move on to our final welterweight fight. I don't know how this fight's not on the main card. All right, Kevin Lee and Renat Fakhreddinov. Renat Fakhreddinov. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. All right, Kevin Lee, he's been gone from the UFC now for two years. All right, this is his return. Last time he was in the UFC, he was dropping a decision to Daniel Rodriguez. Before that, he had lost to Charles Oliveira. That was in 2020 and 2021. Since then, I know he fought Diego Sanchez in Khabib's Eagle FC promotion, but other than that, I don't know much about him. I, I don't believe he's had any other fights. I don't believe Kevin Lee's been active, but before before 2020, I mean, he was a staple in the UFC. He fought Tony Ferguson for the belt. He was main eventing fight nights. He was that freaking, what was it, side front kick to Gregor Giuseppe. One of the best knockouts you'll see. Right? And who do they feed him in his return to the UFC? They feed him Renat Fock Radio. Renat, 20-1, 2-0 in the UFC. 21 professional record. Two fights and he's 
showed levels of grappling. We are yet to see his 12 takedowns and his two UFC fights. Out of 30 minutes of fighting time, he is controlled 27 minutes and 11 seconds. All right. His two points combined have had three minutes. They are not been controlled by him. All right. I'm going with Funat, but I'm very intrigued to see this fight. Of all the prelim fights, this is one I want to catch the most. Okay, Kevin Lee is saying, like, this is a new version of him, but all I can notice is that he has a giant tattoo on the entire backside of his head. I encourage everyone to go check that out. It is a very interesting sight. But Renat, by decision, because I don't know if he can finish Kevin Lee, right? <clears throat> and we are here for the main card. I am currently 64 and 40. 64 correct, 40 wrong, for the year on my main card prediction. So we're plus 24. So if you were to take every single pick I made and bet like a dollar, I mean, I feel like you'd be up $24. I know that's not how odds work, but that's why I'm viewing. All right. Should we dive in? I think we are. We can talk about uh, maybe some other stuff after we go through the main card because I wanted to cover this fight. All right. Middleweight is where we're starting off the main card as Bruno Ferreira takes on Nosutin Ruzidbola. Bruno, 10-0. Nickname is The Hulk. If anyone remembers him, he fought on UFC 283 in January of this year, where he knocked out Gregory Rodriguez. That's right, he knocked out Robocop in his debut. That's Gregory's nickname for anyone who does not know. He also had a round one knockout on the Contender Series back in September of 2022. Bruno absolutely looked amazing against Gregory. I mean... He's up against the cage, he whams a punch, and that's it. That's it. I mean, Bruno, I believe he's young. How old is Bruno? I believe he is like 30, which is pretty young for um, UFC terms. And um, he'll be taking on Norosutin Ruzaboa. Norosutin Ruzaboa. Can someone see, where's Norosutin from? I mean, a very unique name. Without a doubt, and he boasts a very impressive record of 34 wins, eight losses, two draws. I mean, talk about experience. I mean, that's nuts. He's had 23 first round finishes. Wow. Wow, I, should, I definitely should have looked into this guy. Guess who he's from? He's from Uzbekistan, the Andanjan region. He's 29. 77 inches tall. How much is how much is 77 inches? He's 6'5". <sighs> oh, man. Bruno's got his hands full. Oh, man. Should I pick no student boys? I don't know. I don't know, ladies and gentlemen. I have to go with no suited. Sounds good, but... Uh, Bruno Ferreira is undefeated. 10 to 0. So, we're going to lock in our pick. Bruno Ferreira. And we'll say by finish. We'll do round one finish. Because that's, that's what he's done his whole career. So that's what we're going to do. Bruno Ferreira is my pick. Alright. Moving on to what is... I can't believe... I hate when they have two prospects fight each other. When I know these prospects could be fighting in a fight night. Or even for a championship one day. But we're going to the lightweight division. As Ismail Bonfim takes on Benoit Saint-Denis. And if you guys don't know who these two are. They are two talented. Talented young men. Alright. Ismail wins on the Contender Series. Impressive victory. Gets a decision win. But his debut against Terrence McKinney at UFC 283 
Oh my goodness. Knocks him out cold with a flying knee. That's right. I encourage everyone to go watch this. Ishmael Bonfim against Terrence McKinney. Round two, he hits him with a flying knee and he just face plants him. McKinney is face planted. So I know for a fact Bonfim is good. He also has a brother in the UFC. But the person he's taking on, Benoit Saint Denis, 10 and 1 in his professional career, is currently on a two fight win streak. A knockout in September of 2022 against Gabriel Miranda, where he landed three knockdowns. And before that, he managed to rear naked chokehold Nicholas Stolze in June of 2022 using his takedown. So he is skilled in all environments, which is why I'm going to pick Benoit Saint Denis. And I might go by submission or, in, or decision. Those are my two predictions. Saint Denis. He, I remember he fought on the UFC Paris card last year and impressed me a ton. And that's why I'm picking him, right? He also has a nice cool tattoo on his upper chest, which I believe is like a cross or something, like a circle. I don't know. But Benoit Saint-Denis, I will pick you. But if Bonfim wins, I will not be surprised, all right? This is a this is fight of the night territory. But there's so many other fights that could be fight of the night, so... We'll move on. This one to women's flyweight is Ariana Lipsky. Take on Melissa Gatto. Ariana Lipsky, been in the UFC since 2019. Is she posting an impressive record? No, she's 4-5 and five in the UFC. 15-8 in her career. She's coming off a win. She won in March against JJ Aldrich. Uh, before that, she was finished in round one by Priscilla Cachuea. Beat Mandy Bone before that. Been finished before that. I mean, she's hit or miss. All right, that's for Melissa Gatto. 8-1. She suffered her first career loss last May against Tracy Cortez. That's May of 2022. UFC 274. But Tracy Cortez is not a bad person to have your first loss to. Before that, she had knocked out Ciara Eubanks. So, Melissa Gatto, I know she is skilled. There's not much to say here. I mean, <clears throat> the women's fights are often the best fight you'll see or just a boring decision. All right, and I feel Melissa Gatto can bring the heat to Ariana to get a finish and make her claim in the division. So Melissa Gatto will be my pick. All right, and as we move into our final three fights of the card, this is where we get into some of the best fights of the card as well. All right, so next up, welterweight Max Griffin takes on Michael Morales. Michael Morales, every time I hear his name, I think of Miles Morales. From the Spider-Verse films. That's another thing I was going to bring up. Is we could also do movie reviews on here. Movie previews as well on this podcast. I don't want it to be just an MMA podcast. I want it to be something where we can talk about anything. News events. Sports events. The surprise jab. I mean, a surprise jab could even be a surprise story on today's podcast. So, that's what I think I want to do with this as well. But, we're focused more on Michael Morales. And his fight against Max Griffin. Michael Morales is 14-0 in the UFC. And his two finishes in the UFC were spectacular. Beat Trevin Giles' debut in four minutes. And then absolutely bludgeoned Adam Fujit through three rounds before finally knocking him out. Michael Morales is legit. I, I'm picking him before I even look at Max Griffin. And I've already looked at Max Griffin. All right? I, I, just, I just know Morales is going to win this. All right? Or do I? Because Max Griffin's tough. Max Griffin is very tough. I mean, he's coming off a win over Tim Means, split decision. He had a split decision. Lost to Neil Magny. He has had a knockdown. He's knocked his opponents down in his last four straight fights. And if you want to see him land a nasty knockout, look at the Song Kinan fight. 
March 2021, Brunson versus Holland Fight Night. Earned him a performance bonus where he just face-planted him. I mean, Max Griffin is legit, but I stand by that. I think Michael Morales is one of the future contenders here at welterweight. And welterweight has slowly become the deepest division in the UFC almost. I think it's that bantamweight, lightweight. There's a lot of divisions to talk about, but welterweight without a doubt is up there. So if I could pick what I think will happen to Michael Morales and Max Griffin in this fight, I'm going to go with a Morales finish. All right. And I'm going to say round two. I'm going to say round two, he lands a punch, drops him, maybe even submits him or something. But Michael Morales, ladies and gentlemen, keep his name, keep Ian Gary's name on your radar, keep Jack Della Maddalena's name. Everyone knows Hamza. People are starting to know Shavkat Rachmanov. Walter Waite is slowly having a changing of the guard, all right? And Michael Morales is one of these fighters. So, let's move on to our co-main event as Demir Ismagulov is back against Grant Dawson. These guys are ranked at lightweight. Demir is number 12, and Grant Dawson is number 15. <laughs> wow, is this a high-level matchup. Demir, 24-2. and 24-2. All right. His first loss in the UFC after being in there for four or five years was Armin Tzukri, where he got out grappled. That was a game plan for Armin. He landed nine minutes, 25 seconds of chill time. He did not want to stand with Demir. And Demir has become a decision fighter. Uh, decisions in all five of his UFC victories. Notable names, Grom Kudladze, Rafael Alves, Tiago Moises, Joel Alvarez. I mean, these are all these are all legit people. All right? As for Grant Dawson, 19-1. and one. He is just as good. He's actually yet to lose in the UFC. He had that draw against Ricky Glenn. It was such an awkward fight. But, I mean, before that, I mean, the Leonard Santos fight where he was losing and won with a second left. He's reneged Cholholded. Michael Trezano got a performance bonus. On a two-fight win streak, I mean, he submitted Jared Gordon. He submitted Mark Madsen. Grant Dawson's legit, all right? And Demir is a world-class kickboxer. He is so technical, all right? No, Armin's been the only one so far in the UFC to solve his issue. But I, I honestly, guys, have confidence in Grant Dawson. And I got I to gotta spice up my picks a bit. All right, we're going with Grant Dawson. I think Grant gets it done. I think he's able to outgrapple Demir. But it's not my lock of the night. Do not, I, I'm not going to say trail that one with all your heart. But I am going to be rooting for Grant Dawson. Demir right. let me down. His last against, against, uh, Armin. Actually, I might have picked Armin for that fight. I can't really remember. But I know that Demir is good. All right. Well, let's get into the main event. All right. UFC Vegas. 76 with 76 events in the Apex. I really wish they would stop doing events in the Apex, but that's just me. John Strickland, Abus Magomedov, Sean is currently ranked number seven. Number seven at middleweight, and Abus is unranked. This is a tricky fight to pick. This is a tricky fight to pick. All right, Abus has had one fight in the UFC. He has had one fight, and that was in September of 2022 in Paris, where he beat Dustin Stolfus in 19 seconds. He finished him with punches in 19 seconds. That's as much UFC footage as I have, Abus. I do know that he was knocked out in the PFL. That was five years ago. I don't know how reliable stuff from five years ago can be. I only really look at 
up until 2021. Nowadays, I usually go two years back as far as I'll go. Because fighters evolve. Fighters evolve really fast. And it's hard to stand by their results from five years ago compared to what they are today. Tony Ferguson can be the greatest example of that. Abus, 25-4. and four. Coming off that one over Dustin Stolfus will take on Sean Strickland. I mean, if anyone's a big UFC fan, they know Sean Strickland. I mean, a staple in the middleweight division. He is 8-2 since his move to middleweight. And he's he fought a who's who back in um, welterweight, which was phew, almost 10 years ago. It was in the 7-8 years ago range. I mean, he fought Santiago Ponzanibio. He fought Kamru Usman. He fought Elizio Zaleski Dos Santos. I mean, Sean Strickland's fought. A lot of people. Um, but it wasn't until his Jack Marshman fight in October of 2020 where he came onto people's radar. That was when he was talking to a mid-fight and was kind of going like, hey, Jack, let's go punch him in the face. And people like that. People like the Kevin Holland escape folks who talk to their opponents, right? He would then finish Brendan Allen, go on to beat a number of people, fight night wins over Uriah Hall, Jack Manson. And then we all know what happened last. July, when Alex Pajera knocked him out in two and a half minutes. Then he loses split decision to Jared Canier. I didn't really watch that fight fully. I was kind of in the car. But from what I, from what I saw, Jared seemed to be doing better. But Sean was not happy with that result. And so he would take a short nose fight. And earlier this year, the first event of the year was Sean Strickland versus Nathalie And he would win a five-round decision. So Sean coming off a win. Abus coming off of... Gosh, I don't even know how it wins. How how much of a win streak is Abus Magomedov on? Let's check this. Because if we only have one fight of him to analyze, there really shouldn't be another reason why I shouldn't pick something who I've been watching. So let's see what the win streak is for Abus Magomedov. His actual real name is Abus Supian, but he goes by Abus. All right. He's on a three-fight losing streak. That's right. Yep, the knockout punch to Luis Taylor was his last loss in December of 2018. He's gotten two finishes. Wow. He's good. He seems to be pretty good. Um, speaking of the PFL, I mean, they're, uh, they're season slowly coming to an end. I mean, I think there's one more set of contender fights August 4th or 5th or something, and then the PFL will be going on to their playoffs. But Abus is no longer in the PFL, and, and his second UFC fight will be main eventing. That's exciting. That's really exciting for him. So, very happy for Abus to be in the UFC. Very happy for Sean to get another fight night. But I am going to be picking Abus Magomedov. Why? I feel I feel he'll start fast and maybe catch Sean off guard. I know for a fact Sean can get hit and get knocked out. The Oxpera fight is a testament to that. And plus, I want a new new breed of contenders at middleweight. Middleweight has been stagnant of sorts. Now, I will say Jared Kanier absolutely pummeling Marvin Vittori was a sight to behold, even though I picked Marvin to win that fight. But, I mean, Paulo Costa taking on Ikram Alcacerov. Obviously, I want to see Ikram win. All right, I want a new guy in there. Driscus Duplessis against Art Wicker. Will, will Driscus win? I don't know, but I want to see it. 
Right? You got Brendan Allen surging up the rankings. You got Nazardine. You got Hamzat maybe fighting at middleweight. Next weekend at UFC 290, you have Bo Nickel, who is probably the future at middleweight. Just so many guys I want to see make the jump. Because we have seen Whitaker, we've seen Canier, we've seen Vittori, we've seen Costa, we've seen Brunson and Strickland and Hermanson and Gaslam for so long. It's nice to see a change. So I am going to pick Abus. I am going to pick Abus to win. I will go with a round one finish just because I like round one finishes and find them exciting. So let's recount our picks. We're going to go with Bruno Ferreira over Nurstutin, Ruzabov. We'll go by knockout. Benoit Saint-Denis against Ismail Bonfim. We'll go by submission. Bonfim by, uh... No, Saint-Denis by submission. I mean. Melissa Gatto against Ariane Lipsky. We're going to go with Melissa Gatto. We'll go by decision. Michael Morales versus Max Griffin. We're going to go with Morales by... Eh, we'll say decision. We'll say decision, Pepe. Demiris Magulov versus Grant Dawson. We'll go Grant by decision. And Sean Strickland, Abus Magomedov. Abus by round one. Knockout. So that's that's the fight night in whole. I feel I should do fighter notes for some of these where I can actually dive more into them, dive more into the careers instead of just really using the UFC stats and the UFC rankings tool. But we're working on this. All right. This is this podcast will not grow overnight. All right. I'll improve. I'm going to work on getting a mic so I can sound much better, maybe even trying to find more secluded spot a room or something where I could put up some sound sound things you know the stuff they have in like the Joe Rogan studio I remember they have them in music rooms and stuff and absorbed sounds yeah maybe I could get some of those but I'm just happy to talk about this because since 2020 I've essentially just gone over these picks by myself just sitting down in the basement in my head you know and I was thinking you know I could tell people about these maybe some people would be interested to hear about my picks but I probably do have to give more reason than, oh, I just want a new contender at middleweight, which is why I'm picking others. That's how it goes. Um, speaking of the middleweight division, uh, what would be next for the winner of Sean Strickland and Abus Magomedov? Well, I'm not going to say a title shot, but a title shot could be up next for them. Because as of right now, there's like four possibilities at middleweight. All right, you have Jared Kanier, who is now on a two-fight winning streak. Coming off a historic performance against Marvin Vittori. <clears throat> you have Robert Whitaker and Drissus Duplessis. The winner of that, without a doubt, would probably be the number one contender. Oxbury is leaving the division. He's not even in a question. All right? Ikram Al-Kasserov and Paul Costa at UFC 291. I'm hoping that happens. Hoping that fight could happen. The winner of that will be someone of sorts who could fight next. And those are pretty much those are pretty much your four options. And the winner of Abus and Sean is probably option number four. Probably option number four, just because Sean's at seven. Right? But if Abus can go out there, finish Sean quickly. But I got a tell shot off a round one finish of Sean Strickland. So there's no reason Abus couldn't. So I do think that Abus can make the jump, get a victory, and fight for the belt. And plus, if Sean were to beat him, finish him, Adesanya wants it. Israel Adesanya wants new contenders, right? And he wants to fight at UFC 293. He doesn't have an opponent for UFC 293. So I'm hoping he can get that. I'm hoping he can get a victory against whoever he fights. Because Adesanya, as much as like, as much as I didn't like him for his stale fights with like Whitaker and Kanier, I mean, that, the Pahara fights are just, we'll be talking about those 
Super exciting fight. And that's a, that's the fight card. That's the fight card in total. Um, I believe the prelims start at 3 p.m. Central time today. Or maybe it's e it's either 3 or 2 Central. For uh for Eastern, that'd probably be around 3 or 4. I'll have to double check, but that's what I saw. Um, any other fights that I saw announced that I could talk about? Um, I did notice that Henry Cejudo pulled out of his fight against Marlon Vera. You hate to see that, but I think they should do Cejudo versus Marab next year. And I think Marlon could fight Purion. But Purion doesn't want to fight until 2024. So who knows if Marlon Vera is even going to have a fight. Uh, another pullout I saw was in the welterweight division where Jack Della Maddalena was supposed to fight Sean Brady, and Sean Brady pulled out, I believe. So they're looking for someone to fight Jack Della Maddalena. I know Kevin Holland's thrown in his name. Chris Curtis has thrown his name. Joaquin Buckley has thrown his name. A lot of people want to fight this guy. I don't know why. <laughs> Jack is Jack is very talented. I would not want to fight him. That's just me. Right? I'm happy to see if anyone else wants to fight him. So that's all I pretty much have for today's episode, a very impromptu, not the most professional. I did kind of make a little setup setup down here in my studio, if you want to call the basement that. But we're going to work on getting a mic so I can sound better, maybe even, gosh, I don't know. I kind of want to film. I, I did set my phone to record this just to work on posture and stuff. But as for as for this episode, I think we're going to end it there. We went just over 30 minutes. I'm going to try and do hour ones. But as for the starting episode, we'll end it here. I'll be back during the week. We'll cover some other topics. We'll think of some fun things to do. And we'll probably be back for a recap show either Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday. So, yeah, thank you guys for listening to the first episode of the Surprise Jab Podcast. Don't really have a catchy slogan to leave you on, but I just hope everyone has a good day. And, yeah. That'll conclude our pilot episode. Later.